0: Hello everybody i am dan your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com hello welcome to the stream we do this every wednesday at 7 p.m mountain time which is nine eastern for those that don't know where the real mountains are um let's get a mic check and a uh video check real quick just because last week the mic was a poppin um oh i better turn off my notifications on my phone here it's it's popping. So we fixed that and we also uh, fixed the sensor on the camera. Um, last week there was some schmutz on the sensor, but we, we took it in and got it serviced. So it should be all cleaned up in a bright, crisp image. And hopefully the audio is good. Audio and video are good, says Maria Z. All right. Now something will go wrong, but let's enjoy the moment. <laughs> um, so. For those that are just joining us, cheers, glad you're here. We're going to start with our shipment report, and we'll let you know what's going on with the build of our new facility. We're building a large warehouse to put a bunch more fish in, and um, we'll talk about the giveaway, which is a pretty cool giveaway. And then in totally unrelated news, briefly, I'm going to talk about a movie. Briefly. Um, So, with that, let's get to the shipment report. I am absolutely thrilled to report that we're back, no issues, no issues reported. So as far as I know, everything that I sent off since I talked to you guys last week is done just fine. Also an update, the um, batch of pistols that didn't do well um, seemed to arrive in okay shape, but, but were not doing well the next day after they arrived. Um, tested for ammonia and it turns out there's been there was some ammonia in the water so to me every time there's ammonia in the water I don't know if that was the whole cause but to me that's definitely a cause so um, we're working to get that resolved and and I think we can so hopefully we can uh, get the ammonia situation taken care of and then uh, resend to the customer so they can have success with with the Epistogramma agazizi Double Reds. But that was from a few weeks ago. Um, we are talking in the last week, since last Wednesday, no issues. So that is where we want to be, where we usually are. But we've had several weeks in a row where we weren't there. So it's good to be back, baby. Um, let's, so the warehouse build, we're, we're going to do an in-depth... Um, an in-depth coverage of that in the newsletter so I won't go into it in detail except for to say the curb and gutter is done and we went out there today and there are walls being built so walls are in process um all the all the framings being built and stuff for the walls the the door frames are up and the walls will go up soon right now they're laying down because they're assembling all the all the framing for it but it's awesome we're going to be in three dimensions soon. <laughs> Not just two dimensions of flat earthwork and cement work. So I'm thrilled about that. If you want to be kept up to date on that, we do an, up, uh, an in-depth update in our newsletter every month. And to find that, if you go to dancefish.com and click menu in our newsletter, then you can see an archive of all the newsletters we've done in the past. And if you want to join the newsletter, then join the mailing list and and you'll receive them in your inbox. But, for example, if we go here, then here's the construction update we did for last month. And it goes into pretty detail about pretty deep detail in the whole process, everything that was going on at that time. Um, And so, I I mean, I'm not going to spend the whole live stream on it, but that gives you an idea. Plus, there's articles in there. We did an article on... um, rice fish last month this month we have a really cool article on um hairy puffers um spawning and keeping hairy puffers so that'll be neat to watch or see um and and i want to thank matthew for contributing that article and uh because it's really cool to read about hairy puffers i've never kept them i've kept other pow species like the dragon puffer but never the hairy puffer so anyway warehouse is almost in three dimensions. It's coming along. Um, now for the giveaway tonight, we're giving away something completely different. Um, there is a website called mystery snail guardians. And and I should do a caveat that I'm, I, I just became aware of this recently. I'm not a member of this community because I'm not a big snail guy, but what I'm trying to say is it looks like an awesome community, but I haven't really vetted it, right? I'm So I can't say it's amazing or it's horrible. I'm sure it's great. But but this is not me saying, this is my favorite community ever. I think it's amazing. You should go. This is me saying, I became aware of this interesting community. I haven't tried it. But if you're into snails, it might be a cool place to be. It's called Mystery Snail Guardians. And they um, wanted to um, do a giveaway. The the website is fairly newly launched, so I think they're trying to spread awareness of that. And they're doing that by giving away this. In conjunction with Crayfish Empire, they're giving away Mystery Snail Guardians Kit, which is pretty cool. If you have snails, this is like food and treats for days. In fact, I'm going to put the link in the chat just so you can go... And check out the details of it but it's a lot so it's about 50 bucks worth of stuff a third of a pound of snail cookies a quarter of a pound of snail chips and half a pound of snello boost one mystery snail guardian snello kit two calcium carbonate blocks a sticker because why not and uh so that is like a lot of food if you have snails that they'll keep them happy for quite a while so that's what has been given away tonight and we're giving away two of those so random arms would you remind me um i don't know about at some point before the end to do a giveaway and then we'll do another one a little later some random time random arms will pick a random time and we'll do two giveaways of two of these kits. So in order to enter that, and I I wanna thank um, Mystery Snail Guardian for doing that um, in association with Crayfish Empire. And if you'd like to enter and win some goodies for your snails, this is not intuitive, but the hashtag is Dusty, D-U-S-T-Y. Dusty, D-U-S-T-Y. Because Dusty is the name of the mascot over there at Crayfish Empire, where you can um, purchase mystery snail guardians uh, items. So, it kind of a, a different giveaway today, but I, I think uh, I think it's pretty cool what they're trying to do: build a community and, and awareness around you know mystery snails. So, mystery snails need respect too, right? <laughs> and I don't know that much about it because I'm not a big snail guy, but uh, one day I'll get into them. One day I'll we'll make the transition. Two snails. Now, the last thing I want to talk about <clears throat> is completely unrelated, but very exciting. I don't know how many of you know, but my background is in entertainment, and my um, my mentch, my mentor, my good friend in my on many projects, my collaborating partner um, is named Mark Saltzman. He's a wonderful guy. He's uh, I think he has seven Emmy awards, and. We've done a lot of theater together. I just I love the guy. I consider him family. I've been out of theater for a couple of years now, though, because I, I stopped to to do the fish thing full time. But Mark shared some really good news with me recently, which is this: there's a play that Mark wrote called "Mr. Shaw Goes to Hollywood," which is now going to become a movie starring Dustin Hoffman of all people, and in a great a great cast. So. I was just super excited. It's, it's not quite fish related, but it's uh, something I'm super excited about. So if you're into movies and uh, want to check out more, I just put the link below because again, I love Mark to death. He's done a lot for me over the years and um, we've developed a lot of plays together and had a great time. Uh, he's a great creative partner and I'm just thrilled for him. I, I should say, I did not work on um, Mr. Shaw Goes to Hollywood. When I met Mark, that play was already in process. I read it early on, Mark shared it with me, but it was already you know, developed and, and good to go by the time I met Mark. So I can't claim to have any, uh, oh, I might've brought a line or two to his attention, but I can't claim to have any, had any real part in the creative process of that play, or that movie now, I guess. But um, I did a lot of other stuff with Mark, and so I'm, I'm really excited for him. That's where I uh, learned the cardinal rule, which I always try to live up to both in my uh, career as an entertainer and also here when I do YouTube videos and live streams, which is thou shalt not bore. (laughs) The cardinal rule is don't bore thy audience. So I try not to. Anyway, um, let's get back to fish and stuff. That's really almost all that i have um if you are wanting to go to a cool fish event and you happen to be in the northwest area this next weekend the 9th of october then i will be there speaking at the um, greater portland aquarium society their brand new inaugural year for the, the october fish fest right um so Wait. wait, October fest, fish fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish fest. Um, so if you're in the area, I'd love to meet you, come on by, um, or, you know, come support the event, regardless if you like me or not. <laughs> um, there, you know, anytime you launch a new event, you're on pins and needles cause you don't know what's going to happen Are the people going to come Are they not going to come. You put in all the time and effort to make it happen. And so the, the, uh, greater Portland aquarium society has done all the work. Uh, let's not let them down. So if you're in the area, um, Plus there's amazing speakers like Lawrence Kent will be speaking and uh, he's an amazing guy. So, so that's coming up the week after that. It's going to be super busy. So I'm flying out to that. Um, By the way, I have some time on Friday and I'm looking for some cool things to tour. Um, What I am specifically looking to do is if I can, tour some fish rooms of some breeders fish breeders who are not on youtube that would be awesome um i I feel like most of the folks that are on youtube we can see their stuff but if if there's some you know the old guy or gal has been doing it forever and and has all the tricks and tips and stuff i would love to go interview them and tour their fish store and make a nice video so if you have ins with those kinds of folks or, you know, they don't have to be, <laughs> they don't have to be a, a, a sage mensch or anything like that. It could be young folks too. But um, what I'm looking for is breeders who are not on YouTube. Um, so if you have a contact there, if you would email me, Dan at dancefish.com um, in the Portland or Seattle area, then Friday, um, I, I think, I think, Ken setting me up with some folks in Portland on Thursday, um, but Friday I'd like to go do some tours. That could be that could be fun um, if someone could help me set that up because I don't I don't have that many. I, I know some folks from that area, but not necessarily that are the breeders that aren't on YouTube, which is kind of what I want to look at. Um, also, to help me make some connections, I'm I'm trying to source some neat fish for for Dan's fish for the, you know, we need a lot of fish when this warehouse goes on online. So I'd like to meet some hobbyist breeders that breed regularly um, and uh, see if we can not set something up because I really do like buying from hobbyists. Um, Let's see here. I think, oh, and then what's gonna happen after that is I'm gonna fly back the day after that ends. And then we have the new import arriving that week. I mean, we think we haven't got the final check off but i i think it's probably going to arrive on the 13th and it's an amazing import there's some rainbows that are coming in that uh, i've never seen before that i'm very excited about and a bunch of really cool stuff that i'm not going to get into but um so it's going to be a very busy couple of weeks <laughs> so we're hopping over here for sure getting ready for all that plus All the things that we're doing on the warehouse side of things, uh, ordering tons of pipe and all kinds of stuff. Now that prices have kind of dropped a little bit. Um, We tried earlier and we did get what we could, even though prices were kind of high. But we simply could not get our hands on lots of stuff. It, It was weird this summer trying to source materials. So now things, prices have dropped and there's stuff in stock again, that we can get. So we're getting all the little bits and pieces that we could not source during the, the shortages uh, this summer due to you know all the COVID and all the other things that happened. So so that's what's going on on our end. Now let's get to you guys, your, your questions and comments. Um, if you have a question or comment for me, if you would type at dancefish, the at symbol Fish, you'll see it pop up, hit that pop-up, it'll populate for you type your question or comment. And then I will see these bright orange boxes, which are what I look for when I'm scrolling down chat, looking for questions or comments to reply to. Before we get into that, I'd like to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do every week. I appreciate you guys very much. And um, I I know I say it every week, but that doesn't mean that it's less true just because every week I say it. It's... Just as true this week as it was last week and a year ago. So I really appreciate you guys very much. Bateson Genetics, howdy. The zebra plecos I got from you are doing amazing. Glad to hear it. Hope you're doing awesome. I have a hairy puffer. Also, they can be more personable than most think. That is a big part of the article that we're we are releasing in the uh, in the newsletter in two days on wait, November first. Um, Matt talks about that a lot. He's like, man, when I got these, I, I thought they'd be kind of boring, but you know, everyone calls them a potato because they kind of sit there and they're kind of brown and kind of ugly, <laughs> kind of lumpy. <laughs> but uh, he said that's not his experience at all. He said they're actually quite um, interactive and active and personable, at least a lot more so than he was led to believe. So Bateson hearing you say that just you know, confirms that. So now something I will say is in every setup, Fish can act very differently. And I've seen this over and over with species from the most common to, you know, really rare and hard to get that in one person's tank, they'll act one way in another person's tank, they'll act a completely different way. And it has to do with all the different stimuli that they're getting from the tank, how it's set up. How many hides there are? Are there plants in there? What kind? Are there rocks in there? What kind? What's the lighting like? What's the temperature? Um, what are the parameters? All these things, right? So many myriad details that send signals to fish and to any li- living organism, to us too, right? And um, and make them react and act in certain ways. So, you know, just because one person experiences a hairy puffer that sits there all the time in is a potato and someone else experiences them and they're out and active and, and friendly and all that, um, you know, both are totally valid. I bet both happen. So it's hard to say why one happens and the other doesn't to one person and not the other, but that's how it is. And I've seen that even in my own facility here, I'll take a species in one tank and maybe I'll move half of them to another tank to keep the cycle going. Cause that tank got empty or cause, I don't know, give them more space or whatever. And sometimes they'll act completely differently um, in that new tank than they did in the old tank. I've also seen it to where I might have a tank that has a lot of fish in it. And then as I sell out and I'm down to the last 40 fish, they start acting different. And then when I sell those and I'm down to 20 fish, they act different. And then when I'm down to 10 fish, they act very different. So it's also, it also has to do with how many are are there together? But um, yeah, I I listen to people that describe their experiences with fish, and honestly, I believe them all. I, I don't think anyone's wrong. I just think a hairy puffer in one tank, how it's set up, could act completely different than one in another tank or a group in another tank or, or whatever. I guess I guess think about. It. I've got Portland and Seattle on the mind because I'm about to go there. You know, you go there and. It's kind of cool and the wind might be blowing and it's overcast and makes you feel one way, right? And then you fly down to Florida or Southern California or something and it's warm and sunny and you're on the beach. It makes you feel a totally different way and you you just act different. You carry yourself different. I think it's the same with fish. But anyway, Bateson, thanks for the comment. Got me thinking. All right. Lots of folks have put in hashtag dusty to enter the giveaway. Let's see how we doing there. So we have 61 eligible entries so far. A-Train. What's up, A-Train? I'm planning to raise 25 guppy fry in a 10-gallon tank. I'm using a 30-gallon sponge filter and will be feeding six times a day for the first month. How many water changes do you recommend a week? I'd recommend like a 25% water change a day. Um, Not when they're tiny, tiny, tiny. 25 tiny guppy fry won't need it that that often. So for the first month, okay. So when I say I do it every day, I'm talking about when they've got a little size on them. For the first month, uh, you can do it once a week. I think that would be just fine. Yeah, they're small. Even though you have 25 of them, they're not gonna grow big enough to uh, produce a large bio load for quite a while. Um, If you test or notice something's off, maybe up it to twice a week as they grow but here's here's going to be the real determining factor of that okay so you've got this 10 gallon tank you have a 30 gallon sponge in it so factor number one is is that sponge going to have the bacteria you need to process the waste so just because you have a sponge in there i don't know if it's cycled I don't know if, if the tank is brand new and you just stick a sponge in it, usually that works, but sometimes, like if you just filled it up and just put the tank in, or if it's enough of a shock, it can affect the bacteria population on the sponge. Um, so let's say that you have this 10 gallon tank, you have a 30 gallon sponge filter in it, and it's, it's fully, the sponge filter is full of nitrifying bacteria, you're good to go. Well, um, if you put the guppy fry in there immediately, and start feeding, you should be fine. But if like a couple weeks go by and nothing's in that tank and then you put the guppy fry in there, well, now the colony of bacteria is shrunk in number because it hasn't been getting enough food in the form of ammonia or nitrite, right? So that's one thing is um, if you put the sponge filter in there, is the nitrifying bacteria population still healthy when the fish go in there? Let's say yes. Then the second thing is, how do you feed? Do you feed food that creates a big mess, like tiny little powders and stuff, um, that if they're not eaten, they just go everywhere and you can't really clean them up effectively? That might mean you need more water changes. Do you grossly overfeed? Like six times a day, that doesn't scare me. But are you just feeding enough that the fry eat it all six times a day? Or is it being grossly overfed six times a day? That could be a problem. So, or are you feeding live food, like baby brine shrimp or microworms or something, which will stay alive pretty much all day long, um, and you're just feeding a little bit six times a day? Then that doesn't scare me very much. So there, there's all these different variables. But I would say, if you have a good sponge filter in there, and the bacterial population is healthy, and you put the 25 guppy fry in there, and you don't overfeed, but you do feed them, you know, six times a day, which is great for them, by the way, and you're not creating a ton of extra waste, but you should be fine. It should be just fine. Once a week, 25%, 30%. Um, I would recommend throwing some snails in there or throwing some cherry shrimp in there or scuds in there, something like that. Some kind of scavenger to help clean up uneaten food and make sure that everything's kind of kept, uh, Yeah, cleaned up. So what you don't want is a bunch of uneaten food everywhere rotting, right? So whatever you need to do to prevent that would be would be just fine. 10 gallons is a lot of room for 25 newborn guppies. That's plenty of space. Now, as they grow, you're going to need to up the water changes because you're going to need to up the food. But you'll have to feel that out as they go. And in the first month, I think you'll be fine. Someone's throwing down a super chat. Holy cow! It's Kelly Foreman again. Kelly Foreman, thank you so much throwing down fifty bucks. Pretty excited about those new rainbows. Oh, me too. Like I, I did get a picture of one of them, but uh, not, not both species. I, I can't wait to see it. I, I mean, when when my supplier says, "Hey, I've got this new rainbow," like do you want it? I always say yes. Like often I I don't, I've never seen it. Sometimes I can't find any information on it or anything, but a new rainbow, we'll try it. Of course. So I'm excited too. We'll see how they turn out. And thank you so much for the super chat. Always appreciated. Uh, Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. So thank you. Okay. The next bright orange box just jumped on me. Hang on. Let's see if we can get to it again. My chat jumped a lot. Doctor, oh, not doctors, not, <laughs> how did I say it last week? Doctorski? <laughs> doctorski? <laughs> it's dark sky. I don't know, I kind of like. Dur- uh, doctorski, yeah, I kind of like doctorski, I'll say that. <laughs> dark sky 1056, I can provide you with all the mollies you could ever want. Well, um, you can send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, although I will say mollies are one that I don't necessarily want. Um, it depends. If, you, if they're common mollies that you can get at Petco, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to, to breed them. But if they're a wild type molly or a species specific molly or something like that, then I might be interested in, in them. Rigo Stan Gary Lang mentioned you in his talk. I'm imagining you're talking about uh, the Keystone Clash this last weekend. I wish I could have gone. And what an honor to be mentioned by Gary Lang. That's that's pretty cool. Well, I guess it's about time I mentioned Gary Lang enough. <laughs> <laughs> well yay what an honor hopefully it was <laughs> hopefully he wasn't saying don't buy from dan all's fish die <laughs> i don't think so gary and i have a good uh good relationship so but that's that's nice to hear i mean we're i think i think if you're really making an effort to do a good job like sincerely not just saying that but actually doing it, uh, people notice. And if you keep doing it, they notice again and again, and then they have confidence buying from you, and then they have confidence recommending you. So it's, you know, it's a couple years of, well, several years of hard work and, and trying to do it right, but man, it pays off when someone like Gary Lang uh, recommends you at a event like the Keystone Clash. That's pretty cool. Thanks, Gary. And, and by the way, I say trying to do it right. We, we try really hard. We screw up every now and then for sure. And there's also just parts of the industry that don't always make it easy to do things the right way, but we're working on changing that. So it's coming along. Bex410, in general, about how long does it take for a fish to color up after being shipped to their new home? My pea puffer has been with me a day and is still a little dull. Oh, it takes much longer than a day, usually. Now, there's a a million factors that go into that. I've had fish that almost seem like they never colored down. They come in and even in the bag, they're pretty colorful. And you put them in the tank and an hour later, they're all good to go. And I've had fish that, let's see here. We just got in a group of um, Siciopus mencongensis. Let me show you this. You see what I'm talking about? If I can, how do you spell Mekongensis? That is the question. Oh, okay. Hang on. I'm going to have to show this a different way. Just a moment. It'll be worth it. I promise everyone on the podcast. Just get yourself a, a drink real quick. (laughs) <laughs> top top off your cup of hot cocoa or coffee or whatever. <laughs> Mekong? Uh, that's the part I don't know how to spell Mekong. Let's see her. How come I can't find it? I must be spelling it wrong. Oh, because it's a Lentipus. That's why it's not Sicchiopus. Lentipus. <laughs> I was driving myself nuts there. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, it, the genus is Lentipus, not Sicchiopus. So this fish right here, this is Lentipus uh, Mekong, not Mekongensis, Mekongensis, And You see these oranges and stuff that are coming in right here? Let's see if I can make it big enough that you might be able to see it. The kind of oranges coming in on the fins and the reds. That's all new. We got these fish in with our last uh, Indonesian import. I would say that it has been, is it six weeks, two months? Yeah, something like that. It's been six weeks, two months, something like that. And these fish just started coloring up. Um, basically, until oh, three days ago, they kind of looked brown. But every now and then, one would show a hint of color, and you could see that something was going to happen. But literally, it took them, I, I, I can't remember exactly when the new import came in, but it six weeks, eight weeks, something like that, um, for them to color up. And they're, they're just starting to, to really color in now. And we take pretty darn good care of our fish and geez, we feed them super well. They're fat and happy and acting healthy, but it just took them that long to start coloring in. So, so Bex 410, it could be instant. It could be uh, six eight weeks. I would say though, in general, probably a couple weeks for most fish, they, they need to settle in. They need to realize they're in their home instead of being a stranger in a strange land. They need to, like you, when you move into a new house, for a while it feels new, but eventually you can navigate it without the lights on, right? You can go get a drink in the middle of the night and not bump into things. You just know it, you're comfortable in there. The space is intuitive at that point. Well, fish need to get to that point. And once they're to that point, and they're, I'm imagining they're used to eating your foods and they're now used to your routine and they know when you lift the lid that you're going to feed them and not try to, you know, kill them or whatever. Um, You know, all that has to settle in. And that can take, I can take a, a couple weeks for sure. And sometimes longer in puffers specifically intelligent fish, like puffers, it takes them a while. They, they've got a brain. They've got to kind of think through it. Oh, I'm personifying them a little bit, but um, they might take a little longer to truly settle in. Jeremy would. Oh, holy cow. Jeremy i will be right back with you. I've been ignoring Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics who threw down 10 bucks. Thanks, Steven. Appreciate the super chat. Super chat amount does not necessarily represent proportional level of excitement, but ditto what Kelly said. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. I appreciate it. <laughs> and yeah, super chats are not not required. You know, I it's cool. You can say I'm excited without any super chat and I get it. But it is super nice when you know, money falls out of the computer screen and lands on your lap. Um, Nice little bonus. And it does help our little company get going. So thank you. Cheers to you. Now back to Jeremy. Would you use K1 Media or Port Aqua for a tumbling sump? Well, I'm going to disappoint you here. I've used neither ever. I've seen K1 Media used occasionally in friend setups and things like that. I don't even know what Aqua is. I run my entire fish room on uh, sponge filters and box filters, just simple air-driven things. No K1 media, no nothing fancy. And so I'm way out of the loop on that stuff. Um, And when I move into the warehouse, I won't have any filters in the tanks. So I'll be even more out of the loop. So I'm sorry I can't answer that, but could someone else in this community, there's lots of people here that use lots of different kinds of filtration. If you have an answer for Jeremy, would you use K1 media or pour it aqua for a tumbling sump? Um, would you chime in and let Jeremy know your thoughts and your experiences? Now, I do like K1 media. I like the idea of biological filtration that's kept clean by constantly kind of knocking around, right? So I like the idea of it, but I don't have any personal experience with it, at least not in, not in, my, not in my own tanks that I've maintained. At home. Maybe like a store I used to work for or something. We might have used it, but I really don't remember. <laughs> Bateson Genetics, I'm in Vancouver, Washington, right next to Portland. Can't wait to meet you at Fishtoberfest. That's right. I call it Fish Fest. How dare me. Fishtoberfest, like Oktoberfest. Yes. Well, Bateson, I'm looking forward to seeing you there. It's going to be a party. Joseph Morshamer, holy cow, Joseph, thank you so much. Joseph is throwing down a $50 super chat with the cutest little, uh, Fox ever. Let's see here. Did you leave a comment? Pretty excited about those new rainbows. Yeah, me too. Me too. Hey, if new rainbows keep resulting in $50 super chats, maybe I need to get more <laughs> no, Joseph. I'm, I'm glad to hear from you. glad you're doing well. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited too. All right, hang on, chat jumped big time, big time. So let me get back to it. By the way, how are we doing here? We've got, let's check, let's check some stats. We have excellent stream health, sound and audio are good, 178 people here, 93 likes. So we could get more likes. A lot of people I don't like it yet. And if we wouldn't mind, if we could share this out to... You know, our friends and our exes. Um, Maybe we could get some more viewers here. That would be awesome. We got 177, 179 now. We can do better than that. We can get more in here, right? Right? Cram them in like sardines. (laughs) All right, here. Oh, chat jumped, so I'm scrolling. There we go. Dennis Christensen nice beard dude i mean your avatar is tiny here your picture but if i'm looking at that right shoot now i can't tell if that's a beard or like a white collar because it's such a tiny picture (laughs) from what i'm seeing from a distance here on the tiny picture it looks like an amazing beard uh dennis said, the school of blueberry tetras Iphressobrycon um, wadii in May are one and a half to two inches long, which is longer than the literature says. They're looking great in a 30-gallon. That is good to know. First off, I'm glad they're doing well and they grew for you, but let me note this down because I might need to change the sizes um, that I have listed on the website because I base those sizes off the literature, which basically says that they're mini fish that, you know, around an inch, maybe a little over from what I remember. So I'm writing down blueberries at 1.5 inches and the wadi at 2 inches. Is that correct? Am I understanding that right? Or are they both like up to 2 inches? My understanding of that is blueberry tetras 1.5 and the um, wadi to two. But um, Dennis, would you leave another chat to me just so I can is, and let me know? Do the blue how big do the blueberries get and the uh, wadi get? In case there's a discrepancy there or I'm not understanding correctly. So right now I'm thinking blueberry tetras 1.5 and wadi um, wadae, However you say that, two inches. And or, or if you want to send an email to dan at dancefish.com. I just like to make sure I understand before I change the sizes um, on my listing. And also, I, I'm sure you're right, but if you wouldn't mind just taking a ruler or a tape measure and holding it up to the tank just to kind of double check, I often will go look at a tank and be like, oh, man, those are this size. And then I'll actually take my tape measure up and be like, oh, no, I was way off. So um, just, just to kind of double check because... If I'm going to put that out in the public on my website, my reputation is on the line, right? When I do that, so I want to make sure that, uh, that, I, that I have it right, if you would be so kind. Monica Lynn, do you have any more horse face loaches? Mine are doing great. They don't grow fast, but they're happy. I have five of them about five inches long each. I don't have any more. I do want to bring more in, and I will bring more in, but um, I don't think there's any coming in this next import, so it's going to be a few months before I have more. So, but I love them. I love them in a big group, watching them go out in a, in a horde and sift through the sand all together. They're really cool. You have five of them, so you've probably seen some cool behavior. I, I think a lot of people get one or two and it's like, yeah, that's okay, but get 20. Get 20 and watch them go to work. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, hey, we have 169 folks here. That's good. Thanks for sharing this out, folks. Everyone that just arrived, cheers, welcome, glad you're here. We are talking about freshwater fish, keeping, breeding, building fish rooms, raising fish, um, the fishy business, all that stuff. So if you like aquarium fish, you're in the right spot. Well, unless you like saltwater or plants. Um, I like them too, I just know nothing about them. But freshwater fish, that I can usually help you with. Al, hell fish. <laughs> hail, Monger nation. pH range is 6 to 6.4. Fish seem to be okay. Snail shells are suffering. Yeah, low pH. Thinking of slowly adding crushed coral via a nylon bag and canister or N2 tank. Raise. So, when you say N canister, are you talking about nitrogen? I'm assuming you're talking about nitrogen. Um, I have experience with crushed coral. I've never used nitrogen in a canister, but maybe I'm reading that wrong. Maybe you're saying slowly thinking, thinking of slowly adding crushed coral via nylon bag or putting it in a canister filter or into the tank. When you say two, are you try, just trying to say into? Is that like text talk for into? Um, so if you're talking about just adding crushed coral, go for it and do it however you want in a in a bag, stick it in the filter so water flows through it or put it right in the tank. Now, if you put it in the tank, and it gets in your gravel or your sand. You'll never get it out. So just be aware of that. But it's not going to harm in a thing. Um, but if you're talking about like a nitrogen canister, is that, if the N canister means that? I got no experience with that. So, but I think you're just talking about in the canister or into the tank, which would be fine. Sorry, I'm getting old enough. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just confused. <laughs> Tech stock. <laughs> back, back in my days when I was a professor, um, we would ha- have essays. And I knew I was getting old when some of the students would actually write the essays and frequently use text in there. And I'd be looking at it and be like, what the heck? <laughs> What's this mean? BEX410. So if you're in college and writing an essay, let's use proper English, just, just to put that out there. bex Yep, that's what I thought. He's happy, just getting settled. Already hunting. Thanks for the reassurance. Fish. First time I've ever had fish shipped to me. Oh, I totally understand. Yeah, I, I get it. And I'm congratulations on joining the wacky world of online fish sales and buying. Um, it's a strange world, but you can expand your horizons quite a bit on it in ways you can't just purchasing locally. So, yep. Congrats on taking that step. Danny Weshy, yo, yo. Well, yo, 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 right back. All right. I just made it to Joseph Morshamer's super chat. If you're wondering how far behind I am, that's how farmed. Oh, I missed some. Bex410, throwing down 10 bucks and saying, thanks, Dan. Can't wait to buy some pygmy quarries from you soon. Oh, well, that sounds awesome. And by the way, it's a fantastic batch. The pygmy quarries are rock solid. We haven't had any problems with them. And I can't remember the, a customer having any problems with them. Like the last few batches of pygmy quarries have come in excellent because we, you know, we found a better supplier. And they just must take care of them properly because they come in fat and happy. Small, they are pygmy quarries, but, but I'm I'm confident they'll do well for you. No issues with them. Micro snail throwing down 10 bucks. But this is so funny. So I'm looking at these super chats. Here, check this out. So $49.99, $10. Oh, there is one even amount. $49.99, $9.99, $9.99, 99 99 cents. Is I'm assuming there's a reason for just the 99. Is it because if you put in 50, you would hit some kind of penalty threshold? Or nine ninety nine because if you put in ten, there would be some thing that happens. Like I'm just curious why all the just unders amounts. Not that I, I please don't take this as me going like what you shorted me a penny. <laughs> it's nothing like that. I'm just curious why it happens or if that's how YouTube presents it uh, when people super chat. Anyway, micro snail thrown down nine ninety nine, which I'm going to call ten. <laughs> Love your content on Instagram and really start started checking in on all the other stuff. Just wanted to stop by and say, hi, keep up the good work. Well, thanks for coming by. Um, yeah, I'd like to do more on Instagram. I wish I had more time, but right now I'm kind of just documenting the build of the, uh, of the new fish facility. So I'm glad you're liking that. We do have some pictures of fish and stuff on there too, but, uh, man, it's been busy. We're, we're still looking to hire that person that will help us with content creation and things making videos, making content for Instagram and all that. So if you like fish and you like making videos and taking pictures and stuff, send me your resume, Dan at dancefish.com. We're looking to hire um, a content creator to help with that stuff. But thanks for dropping by Micro Snail. Thanks for the super chat. RB Animal Rescue with a, I can't read a comment, but I see a cool sun with sunglasses sticker. Um, And it won't let me scroll down enough to even see if there. Is a comment. I hate it how YouTube does this. So RB Animals Rescue. If there was a comment, I'm sorry, I literally cannot see it. But thank you for the super chat. And if I can see it later, which I probably can in time, then I'll I'll respond to your comment. Alrighty. Joseph Morshamer says we should share in the cost stand. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Can't be there at work. Let's hear. That was left a while ago. Oh, Joe, Joseph, it's been, it's been long enough that I can't remember what we were talking about at that time, but uh, thank you so much for the comment. Patrick's Aquatics, I love fish, dude. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> you kind of hear where the fish addicts are, you know? <laughs> Got the MTF bad, man. The MTS bad. (laughs) Hey, Train, do you have any suggestions for easy, moderate-level breeding projects in a 10-gallon? Yes, I do. I've already done guppies and will be attempting them again, but I want to try other fish or inverts. So if you want to start breeding and raising some egg layers, that's kind of the, the next step. And I would suggest... Egg layers such as rice fish are amazing, killifish are great. Um, what else has large eggs? Pseudomugils, the blue eyes, we often call them rainbows, but they're, they're really blue eyes. Like Fricata, Luminatus would be a good one to start with. Um, Gertrude. All those species lay eggs that are easily collected in a mop. So you can count them and handle them if you want or raise them naturally if you want. But it gives you options. The, the eggs are fairly large. The eggs have tough shells. So they're, they're hard to like, you know, damage as you're handling them or doing whatever you're doing uh, with the eggs, moving them to the incubation container or what have you. And because the eggs are large... Um, the fry that hatch are pretty good sized and in most cases can eat baby brine shrimp right away. And that's the challenge with most egg later layers is getting enough food in front of the fry. A lot of egg layers have small eggs with tiny little fry when they hatch. And those fry are not big enough to eat baby brine shrimp. So you have to really to do them in numbers You usually have to feed like rotifers or paramecium or infusoria, tiny little microscopic organisms that you culture. If you want to avoid all that and go the easy, easy route, baby brine shrimp is super simple to hatch. I've got a video on it um, on my channel. Um, It's, I, I show you exactly how I do it and it's really easy. And it's a great first food since it's easy, it makes it easy to raise egg layers As long as they hatch big enough to eat it, which is why I'm recommending um, killifish, rice fish, or some of the pseudomu Not all of them hatch large enough to eat it, but but some do. So that's what I think about that. A couple other options. If you're good at keeping fish, but fairly new to breeding, then some of the um, wild type mouth breeding bettas might be good. Um, we have some betta edithae in right now, which aren't too big and are a mouth brooder. I don't have a lot of mouth brooding bettas in right now. I have anabatoidus, but that those get big. Uh, too big for a 10-gallon. But if you can get your hands on some co- cochina or rubra or um, albumarginata, the small live um, it's not bearing. <laughs> That'd be a different beta. The small mouth breeding bettas, um, they're small. They breed easily. They're fantastic to watch as they display and spawn and things. Their colors are just out of this world and they take care of the babies and the eggs. So they'll hatch, they'll, the male will incubate the eggs in their mouth until they hatch. Once they hatch, you need to feed the babies and stuff. Um, but you know, it's kind of like instant babies. They do all the work and then you can just feed them on baby brine shrimp. So that's, that's the kind of stuff I would suggest looking at. Cichlids can be super easy. A small door cichlid such as, let's see here, 10 gallon. You could probably do a pair of African butterfly cichlids in a tank that size. Um, I don't know, look, Crabinsis perhaps in a tank that size. You wouldn't be able to raise a lot of fry in a size of that tank, but you could spawn in there. So if you're talking about just spawning in there, I think it'd be fine. But they would get awful cramped if you couldn't raise them somewhere else. But cichlids, you know, they do a lot of the work for you. And oftentimes the babies, once they're free swimming, are big enough to eat baby brine shrimp and super easy. So those are my thoughts if you want to level up from guppies. OK, random arms. Oh, you didn't see his arm, but I did. You should do it again and put it through the, Yeah, yeah. You got it. There we are. Random Arms um, <laughs> says, and thank you, because I would have forgotten. Time for giveaway number one. All right. So we are going to give away the first Mystery Snail Guardians kit, which, if you're just joining us, is all this goodness. A third of a pound of snail cookies, a quarter pound of mixed chips, a half a pound of snello boost and a Snello kit, some calcium carbonate blocks, and cool stickers. Um, so, thank you again to Mystery Snail Guardians. If you're into snails and you're looking for community to join about snails, here's their website, MysterySnailGuardians.com. You can check them out. Anywho, if you want to win some snail goodness, then, and we have 103 people entered, that's not too bad at all. We're going to roll the first giveaway and then we'll give away another one a little later. Same thing. So we're doing two of these tonight. The first one is Timbo Taking It Easy. I like that. I'm just taking it easy. I said taken, didn't I? Timbo Taking It Easy. You have won. You have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here. And uh, then we'll, we'll be off to the races with you. While we are waiting for Timbo Taking It Easy. <laughs> we will move on to Skippers Aquariums who says to ask a question, type at symbol dance fish so it highlights for him. Yes, please. If you're new here, what I look for when I go down chat is these bright orange boxes which only appear if you type the at symbol and immediately start typing dance fish, no spaces or anything. You'll see dance fish pop up select it and it'll create a bright orange box for me. I do apologize because it doesn't work on every device. Um, when I'm on my Android phone, it doesn't work. It might work on your Android, but it doesn't work on mine. But for most things, it works. Al says, "Yeah." oh, what did you say? It just jumped on me big time. <laughs> I saw that Al said something. <laughs> there it is. Al says, yes, into okay the in the n into means into thank you Al I'm just I'm just old enough that I get confused sometimes so you're talking about putting crushed coral into the tank so I would say if you ever want to get it out of there don't put it directly in the tank put it in a filter sock or put it in your filter where water will flow through it and also um, when you first put it in it'll A lot of calcium will be shed because there's a lot of powder and stuff on it. And then after that, it'll kind of slow down. So over time you might need to replace it, but as long as there's crushed coral there, that is calcium. And so as long as the white crushed coral is there, it is dissolving into your water. It just might slow down over time. Okay. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, Dennis Christensen has answered my question. Blueberry tetras, are the wadi oh thank you (laughs) oh man sometimes I can't even fake stupid I just is (laughs) that's right thank you um I had about what four or five species of those I had the uh the blueberry, the blue ribbon, plus a couple other species that don't have common names that are all the new blue ones. They were recently introduced a few years ago. Um, and uh, I, I get the blueberries and the blue ribbons and all those other, all four or five of those confused quite a bit in my head, especially with the scientific names. So yeah. Yep. You can't fake stupid (laughs) when you're on camera, they all know. (laughs) Okay. And I have put the ruler up to the glass to double check because they are longer than my lemon tetras. Okay. So blueberry tetras get 1.5 to two inches. Good to know, man. I bet they're stunning at that size. And when I sent them to you, they were what? Around an inch or so, something like that. Three quarters of an inch, somewhere around there, I'm guessing. And they were already pretty with that, so let's see. Let's see if people can. I don't think I have any more to sell, so this is not a, a sales pitch. I might have like six left or something. Okay, I want to show you guys this fish. I don't know if the pictures are going to do them justice, but they have an amazing blue red scheme on them that is absolutely stunning. No, I, I wouldn't say any of these do it justice, but this will give you an idea. Bright blue with red and like, sometimes it looks like an iridescent purple. Uh, decent pictures, I guess. It's not showing the, the real deep color, though. They're hard, like, they're a hard fish to photograph. Like, this is the best we could do right here. Um, they're a hard fish to photograph just because a lot of it is iridescence and cameras don't know how to pick up the colors properly on a lot of these, of these iridescent fish but man i bet a, a two inch one of those i mean random arms and i that's one that we really like and we'll often stop at the tank and just look at them a while because they're so pretty at about an inch i can only imagine it two inches that's got to be awesome okay oh by the way we we did have the winner here i left you hanging, Timbo tanking it easy is the winner responded whoop whoop thank you at mystery snail guardians and thank you all hey you're you're welcome from on behalf of mystery snail guardians you are welcome and um if you would send me an email dan at dancefish.com i will forward it to mystery snail guardians and uh, that way you can get your your goodness your snail goodness a mystery snail guardians kit worth like over 50 bucks so not a bad deal um We're going to do another giveaway of the same thing in a bit. So stick around if you're into snails, (laughs) or stick around if you're into me or stick around if you're into stupid, (laughs) into occasional stupid. That's me too. Um, Let's see here. RB animals rescue. It doesn't look like there was a comment there. EM throwing down a couple dollars. Is that Canadian CA or is that California make its own money? (laughs) Hashtag Hail the Worker Nation. Hey, hail right back. Thank you so much for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but we're a startup company and so every little bit helps right now, while we are still on ramen wages. Orange cones, did you ever catch yourself taking a fishing pool into the basement? (laughs) The fish are pretty small. (laughs) I mean, some of those uh, banded gudgeons are just about eaten size. We have a uh, an amazing looking five-star general available right now, four or five inches and just beautifully colored. That one would be about eating size. And some of the Geophagus uh, brazilensis, or is it braziliensis, I can never remember, um, they're getting decent size. So yeah, I guess there's a few that would kind of be like eating small uh, bluegill. <laughs> This is my backup plan right when the zombie apocalypse comes i've got fresh water and food <laughs> no 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 not really paul soltero oreganite in a fine mesh filter bag in the old eheim so that's a canister filter for those that don't know eheim allows me to keep sharp in the discus tank without it they melt faster than butter in a frying pan <laughs> Well, I'm glad it's working for you. Yeah, in the canister filter, you get good flow. It's in a bag, so you can remove it or refresh it. And you don't have to worry about it going everywhere. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Kelly Foreman says, "IPhones always round to ninety-nine cents." I did not know that. That's so weird. Is is Apple just taking the extra penny? I bet they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Android. I not. It's not like a identity thing for me. I could care less. I just want a phone that works, but. That's the one I have. Buddy Viper, hi, love my hyphen loaches. Wait, hyphen loach HF loaches. What is an HF loach? Did you mean HS for Hill Stream? I don't know what an HF loach is. Anyway, oh, horse face. Horse face loaches, I bet. Yes, I have five. We'll be getting more. I'm loving the pseudomugils, but my small scale archers are amazing. I'm in love. Beautiful and stealthy. I want 10 more. I want to bring in those small scales again, too. I really liked them. They're pretty cool. Um horse face. Yeah, HF horse face. Yep. I finally figured it out. you'll You'll hear it in a couple seconds on the replay. <laughs> Random Arms is my producer, and uh, but it's hard because he's hearing the replay and not what I'm saying currently. <laughs> so he's a producer, but from the past, he's a past producer. Yeah, um the small scale archers and the Burmese clotted archers, i'm g- I'm going to try to get more. Um, the supplier I get them from is hit and miss. I honestly try not to buy from that supplier very often just because um, trying to find suppliers that are really up to standard and and doing things as humanely as possible. But I've got to know that supplier well enough to know which fish I can get from them that will do well. So I I will be doing an order for uh, small scale archers, Burmese archers, highway catfish, some of the other stuff that I can't get anywhere else. Um, from them but it'll probably be a little while before I do that <laughs> Paul soltero I hate autocorrect it's supposed to be shrimp not sharp I got gotcha. you I thought you were saying it's keeping your parameters sharp and I'm like I'm too old to know what that saying is but I get it's what the the kids are saying these days <laughs> that's bad that's sick that's tight that's fat that's sharp. <laughs> rb animals rescue no comment just a super sticker all right thank you rb animals i just hate it when people throw money at me and i i can't even read their chat i feel bad sometimes people do leave a chat and i I, sometimes youtube doesn't let me see it so glad that's not the case in your case bex for 10 oh i just looked at my husband and said we're ordering Corey's monday (laughs) yep happy wife happy life and three times your current amount of tanks equals world peace, so you know, do it for the children <clears throat> Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, have you adjusted your blackworm culturing process since the last video you convinced me to try them up here on the mountain, so far so good, using your, your methods, nope, that's the same method I use although um, I, I did end up getting so many fish that I had to sacrifice the blackworm colony for tank space so I don't have a colony going at the moment, but yeah, that's it, it worked for me for a long time. So that's probably how I would do it again. I'm glad it's working for you. Yeah. Bunny Viper, can you keep Gertrude and Ivan Safi together? Yes, you can. Um, if you're gonna breed them, I wouldn't because they, they might hybridize together. But as far as getting along and being compatible in a tank, yeah, I think they'll do just fine together. Which Blue Eyes can you combine? And can the Empire Gudgeons join them? What are some good tank mates for the empires? Thanks so much. So, I would say that you can combine any of the blue eyes together, as long as you're not breeding, just a display tank, that are appropriately sized. If you consider, for example, um, there are some pseudomugles that get decent size, like the signifers, some populations of signifers, can get big. If you consider Celebe's rainbow's blue eyes, which they technically aren't, but they're grouped in there sometimes, um, they get pretty big. But Luminatus Ivan Sophi Fricata, um, Fertrudae, um, Novageniae, um, and several other the species that are about that size. You know this get one and a quarter to two inches somewhere in there they'll probably be okay together yeah it's more about size than anything else and as far as the the empire gudgeons i would be careful putting empire gudgeons with the smaller pseudomugil species Um, empire gudgeons can get four inches and they have a decent mouth on them and they're not afraid to use it Um, so is that true can they get four inches or is it three And and I I, I was just going to look it up, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stop the stream to do that. But they get big enough that they might snack on smaller blue eyes. But it's really a size thing. Yeah. By the way, Empire Gudgeons are amazing. Like, I really think if I could only keep one Gudgeon ever, it would be the Empire Gudgeon. They're just, their colors are so cool. Um, They change so much as they grow and they develop the big nuchal hump and stuff. I mean, the drawback is they're really hard to breed and raise in aquariums, but, uh, you know, that would be more like peacock gudgeons, but, or geez, (laughs) banded gudgeons. I cannot stop the banded gudgeon, Mogurnda singulata. I can't stop them from spawning. I have a ton of babies coming up and And they keep spawning in the tank. And so I'm not pulling the babies of the eggs because I have too many, thinking that they'll just get eaten. Nope. They're raising right up in there with the parents. So I'm going to have to, like, uh, move the gudgeons out of there and put some rainbows in to take care of all the extra babies or something. It's crazy. You can't stop them. They just breed and breed and breed. And the babies are so hardy that you don't have to do anything. They just – you don't have to feed them separately or anything. They'll go down and nibble on the parents' food and – uh, yeah, I can't, I can't keep them from coming out of my ears. <laughs> Monica Lynn at Bunny Viper. Take this space out. So he sees your message. It's just, oh, okay. Thanks. 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 Although I did see it or maybe that was a repost. I'm not sure. Okay. Kind all night. Hey, good to see you. It's been a little while. A warning to those who get mouth-breeding bettas, especially album marginata, because they constantly they breed constantly to the point of ending up with 50 ish fry after starting to breed and won't stop. Yeah. They, they do produce a lot. The way to stop them from breeding is to separate the sexes for sure. Um, once they go, they keep going. And by the way, sometimes you do have to separate them because the male is the one who holds the eggs in their mouth until they hatch. That can take, I don't know, three weeks, two, three weeks, a while. I can't remember the exact incubation time, but it's weeks. And so let's say he does, he spawns, he's got a mouthful of eggs. He can't eat while he's incubating the eggs. And so he's uh, just sitting there, you know, living off his fat reserves, spits out the newly hatched babies. Yay. But then if the female wants to spawn again, yeah, he's a dude, he can't say no. So he'll spawn again, mouthful of eggs. Well, now it's been a month or six weeks since he's eaten. Right. So you do have to occasionally separate the sexes to fatten the male back up, or he can spawn himself to death. Um, because he doesn't know how to say no. I'm just a guy who can't say no. Anyway, um, chat jump. So let me keep looking here. There it is. I caught up. Just one moment to wet my whistle. Cheers, everybody. Donald Drew, I have a this blender, use Fritz marine salt, keep it at 80 degrees with a desk light, cannot get them to hatch. Okay, Donald, take a look at, like, I would recommend taking a look at my hatching brine shrimp video. But let me show you what I do. Give me, I'll be back in like five to 10 seconds. I just have to go grab the brine shrimp hatcher so I can do a quick little demo. So it'll make a little more sense. I'll be right back. All right, so I think people often try to get a little too fancy with brine shrimp. Let me show you exactly what I do, and this is in the video. This is my brine shrimp hatcher, it's a two liter uh, hatcher. You could turn a soda bottle upside down, a two liter bottle, and get the same results, pretty much. I'm sure this Zist blender filters, or filter, um, brine shrimp hatcher is awesome, I've never used it, but It does the same thing as this, basically. So that, this is like water softener or ice melt salt. It's Blue Diamond Salt. It's the cheapest stuff you can get. I get mine at Home Depot. Let me just show you here. Blue Diamond Salt, Home Depot. Okay, it's literally this stuff. $6.99 a bag. That's gone up. It's like $4.50 a bag. This is 40 pounds of salt. It's nothing fancy. It's not marine salt. It's not perfectly mineralized or any of that. Just standard old water softener salt. Now, you do need to make sure it's NACL and not like a potassium-based kind of water softener. But as long as it's just salt, like we think of salt, um, sodium chloride, it'll be fine. Okay. Cheap and dirty. So I have some of that right here, and I'm going to put a heaping quarter cup of that. So this is a quarter cup measuring scoop. I'm just going to heap it like that and dump it in there. Then I fill this two liter bottle up until uh, it's about an inch, inch and a half below the rim. Well, first I put the brine shrimp eggs in. This is something, sometimes we put in too many brine shrimp eggs and there's not enough oxygen and stuff to support them. So I put in a heaping teaspoon basically. What I use is a little plastic uh, picnic spoon and I just put a heaping scoop of that in here of the eggs. Then I put on the lid, the rigid tubing, attach the air and, and the next day there will be a ton of baby brine shrimp in this thing. Now, the temperature down here ranges from 75 to 80 degrees, roughly, depending on the time of year. Um, when it's 75, they take longer to hatch. When it's 80, they'll be, if I put this in in the around noon, they'll be ready to go the morning the next day. Like, you know, sometime morning. I don't know exactly when. Um, but that's all I do. I don't use any fancy salts. And by the way, I've done this. Every place I've lived and I've lived places with soft water, with hard water, with clean water, with super nasty Los Angeles water. Like I've done it the same way in many, many places and not had a problem. So and it's 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 that easy. You don't have to be super precise with your salt or anything. Um, I don't put a light on it. I just put it on a shelf and let it bubble. When the lights go out at night, the lights go off at night on that too. So as easy as can be, and I hatch tons of brine shrimp, um, and I can do it on the daily like that without problems, uh, time after time after time for years, for 30 years, (laughs) almost 30 years. So um, what I would say is maybe just get a bag of that cheap salt, put a heaping quarter cup of it, In your ZYS, because I believe that zis is two liters as well, isn't it? Um, And put some eggs in there, put some water in there, take it over, um, hook it up and let it go. I don't pre-dissolve the salt or anything. Salt, eggs, fresh water right from the tap and let it go. Now, I don't have, well, I bet I did. Right now, I don't have chloramines. But when I lived in Los Angeles, I bet there were chloramines in the water and it worked just fine. But anyway, I go into all this in a little more detail in the video about how to hatch brine shrimp on the YouTube channel, uh, Fish YouTube channel. So check that out. I I think sometimes we try too hard. Um, So I've been to the Great Salt Lake, and I've also been to the salt flats um, in the Bay Area, like San Francisco area. And I'm here to tell you, those are some harsh environments. It's not clean. It might be 110 degrees. In the day and at night, it might drop down to the 40s. It gets way below freezing in the winter, at least at the Great Salt Lake. Um, there's wind all over. There's, you know, it's it's a dirty, harsh environment. So it's not like we have to treat brine shrimp with kid gloves. Danikin says, hey, Dan the Man. Hey, Danny, Ken, I'm excited to see you for Fishtoberfest. Talked about it earlier. Patrick's Aquatics, I think the .99 versus... Even amount Super Chats just comes down to whether the person is on mobile or desktop YouTube. I think the app Super Chats all end in 99 for whatever reason. So it could be the app, could be the iPhone. (laughs) Anyway, good to know. So um, now we know what device you're on. Ha ha ha. All right. I don't know how that helps me, but. (laughs) Melissa Turner, doing a stream tank. Oh, that sounds awesome. I love Hillstream tanks with six butterfly Hillstream loaches, white cloud mountain minnows, eight CPDs. Anything else you would recommend to add? It's a 20 long way over filtered. Um, No, I think the Hillstream loaches and the white clouds are great additions. CPDs. I'm not quite so sure. Those come from a lake. They come from fairly still water that's choked with plants. So I don't know how well CPDs are going to like strong current. But if CPDs are doing great for you, then good. Um, it's just the one question I have. It's not a criticism, it's a question. I don't know how well they'll do in that current. I've never tried it, but I know their, their home environment's pretty serene and um, still water. But okay, so you've got butterfly, hillstream stream, on the bottom. White cloud mountain minnows are gonna stay towards the top-ish. Um, honestly, if it was me, I'd probably add more hillstream loaches and more white cloud minnows, um, but if you want something, just because I like fishing in big groups, you see different behaviors, you see different everything when you get larger groups. So that's my preference. But if you want to add another species, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to go wrong with um, like a some kind of goby, riffle goby. So. You could do stiffidons, but stiffidons are benthic grazers like the hillstream loaches. So um, they're going to kind of eat the same way in the same area. So you, you, maybe you don't want that because they they're might they not going to out-compete each other because you can feed them, but um, they're going to be vying for the same surfaces. But maybe you try some Lentipus gobies or some Siciopus gobies. Um, stuff, those are little carnivores. They're not benthic grazers. So they're not going to graze on the rocks and stuff like the uh, Hillstream Loaches will. But they'll have all the goby behavior. So those would be great. Tiger gobies would be another good one. So that might be another flavor to add to that. I I don't know. I I, I feel like Hillstream Loaches and White Clouds is a decent tank. Now, what could you put in there? Let's just play what could you. So... I really like also darters, if you can get yourself some orange throat darters or rainbow darters. Those are amazing. Um, And I think they'd fit okay, at least the orange throats in a 20 long. I want to say shiners, but a 20 long isn't probably room for a big group of shiners. Is there a small shiner? Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the shiner niche in like activity level and swimming pattern is kind of filled right now by the white cloud mountain minnows. So those are my thoughts, Melissa. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was helpful, but that's my reaction. <laughs> Killer's Aquatics and Exotics. Pippi! <laughs> One day, I'm going to like find a Pippi Longstocking wig... In two purple pom-poms so that when this sticker shows up, I can really celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking? Huh. Mountaintop Top Puffer Keeper, why do butterfly fish refuse to jump when feeding on camera, but we will do it maximally? <laughs> Hold on, this is funny. I, I, I feel the pain trying to get fish to cooperate when you have the camera on them. Yeah, let's start over because, yeah, it cracked me up. Why do butterfly fish refuse to jump when feeding on camera, but will do it maximum difficulty acrobatics when I'm just watching the fruit flies disappear? I know. Fish never behave on camera. Um, They need acting classes. (laughs) Jenny and you were timed out. Jenny and everyone, be nice to the mods. Don't don't be making their, their job hard. Don't, don't be making them time you out and delete your stuff. Um, the mods have full power and my complete blessing to just ban people that are problems. So if anyone's a problem and continues to be a problem, don't be surprised if you get hit by the ban hammer. The mods are volunteers. They deserve our respect and they don't need to. Uh, yeah, when you're volunteering, you're doing it for free, right? So it should be fun. Don't make it hard on them. Yeah, yeah, not not good. Now, maybe Jenny did something totally benign in, I don't know, but usually when you get timed out, there's a reason. <laughs> Let's all be here civilly. Bunny Viper, so guess what I did today? Oh, what, 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 what? I finalized the purchase of my dream tank. Oh, cool, 180 gallon from custom aquariums. I'm fully jealous. 180 gallons sounds amazing. I cut corners to save money. Oh, of course. Simple stand, no canopy, 24 by 72 by 24. That sounds like a party. Awesome, Bunny Viper. That is amazing. Congrats. I can't wait to see pictures or videos of it. Oh, you're gonna have so much fun playing in that. There's so much you're gonna be able to do in 180 gallon tank. And what a great size. Oh, that's gonna be amazing. Congrats. I can't wait to see more. Not one do. What's the dwarf rainbow with best colors? Ooh. Like it's actually available? Um, I want to say Moana Tania is great, but they're not really available. I do like a Kamaka. Uh, the Kamaka rainbows top out at three inches. I don't know. Maybe three and a half. Um, under four. And They're a light blue with a ice white hot blaze. I know that's a juxtaposition, ice and hot, but beautiful blaze on them when they go. I I think they're amazing. I like Melanotania Papuae, and I've got five of them available right now, if you want. Um, I like the, um, oh, I know what my favorite is. I'll tell you in just a second. I like the um, Makolakai. The ones from Stark River are pretty nice. My favorite, though, of those little guys is the uh, Melanotinia Suluensis Skull Creek. They're awesome. Oh, let me show you these. Melanotinia. How do you spell Suluensis? Uh, Skull Creek. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there it is. So this is why I couldn't spell it. Sulensis, not Sahulensis, but sulensis. Skull Creek. Look at these guys. So they have this amazing pinstripe pattern on silver. What's not showing excellently here though but kind of is this black margin with bright yellow. You see it better on the anal fin here. This black margin with this bright yellow. There's something about that combination and how they juxtapose, which is beautiful. Um, They really look handsome, but usually when you say a fish is handsome, you mean it lacks color. These look handsome, but with color. They're they're great little mini fish, and they're readily available. I don't have any available right now, but I'm sure uh, Imperial Tropicals or something like that could hook you up. And I don't mind saying that because I think Mike at uh, Material Tropicals, Imperial Tropicals, I think it does a pretty good job. So um i don't mind i don't mind saying that i know he's competition but people that do a good job we want more of those so i don't mind sharing the love okay hang on chat jumped which is why i'm silent <laughs> paul's vote is for peacock Gudgeons all the way i do like peacock gudgeons too Um, The Desert Shadow. Sorry if I missed it, but house construction going good and you missed it. Um, We talked about it early on and there'll be a detailed report in the newsletter, um, which will be released November 1st. So in like two days. So if you're not signed up for the newsletter, go to dancefish.com, click on your account menu and click newsletter and you can sign up for it or just read archived copies. They're all there. You know, not everyone likes to get mail in their inbox. so You can just read them there. But walls are in progress, which is cool. Buddy Viper, oh, I bought the orange Venezuelan quarries from Get Gills that you were hawking last week on the stream. Ended up with 10. Really nice, thanks for the tip. Hey, you're welcome. And uh, I wasn't so much hawking as shilling. (laughs) Shilling for myself. Um, Yeah, the orange Venezuelan quarries, it's hard to go wrong. They're beautiful. They're hardy. They're, they're as hardy as an Aeneas, but with color. So I'm glad you like them. Main still's first, and fins. What is the best water parameters for blue, glares, Achilles in your experience? Whatever you have out of your tap and can keep stable. Honestly, they, they, I've, I kept them in Los Angeles in grungy, hard, hard, hard water. No problems. I've kept them um, in soft water. No problems although in soft water, they tend to get velvet more easily. So that's one advantage of having them in hard water, but they will thrive in whatever water you have. Now, if you're talking about breeding, that's a little different. Um, What I would do if I had hard water, I don't know what water you have, but if I had hard water is I would just use it because stable parameters are better than anything, right? And I would I know they'll live and grow in there and look beautiful just fine. But as far as breeding, I would try it. And if the eggs were constantly infertile, then maybe I would cut it 50-50 with RO water and see what that did. If the eggs were still infertile, maybe I'd cut it 75-25 with RO water. And I probably wouldn't go much more than that. But um, as far as just keeping and enjoying, any water parameters. I mean, within reason, within normal, like, that you could keep other fish in, you know, water parameters. So... That's my thought. But for breeding, you might need to soften it for fertility. Okay, Gills says, see a Thai aquatic question above about hybridizing rainbows. Okay, Thai aquatics. What are the biggest reasons not to hybridize rainbow fish? So here's the thing with rainbow fish. They are super threatened. Almost every rainbow fish, its habitat in the wild is at risk. At least, well, I was going to say, at least if they're from uh, Papua, But even from Australia, there's issues as well. A lot of them come from very limited habitats and they're under threat. So as Papua is being um, industrialized, these rainbow fish are often being wiped out as quickly as we can find them. They they come from, like one species comes from one lake or one little creek. And uh, as soon as a gold mine happens, or some other a palm plantation or something, it wipes out the entire habitat. So the reason we don't like hybridization generally in the rainbow fish hobby is because there's so many rainbow fish that are under threat that we want to take the effort and the space to preserve the species as they disappear from the wild. Because if we don't, they're gone from earth forever, Right. We want our kids and our grandkids to be able to enjoy them. And maybe one day when Papua gets through this phase and in its industrialization and its growth and becomes more environmentally conscious as, as happens, as, as nations, uh, you know, settle into the industrialized world, I suppose you'd say in time, um, maybe some habitats will be restored and they could be re-released and the, the species could be saved. That's already happened with different species of rainbow fish in different areas. So the thought is, let's not endanger the pure lines we have with the possibility of hybridization because they're the only genetic material we have for those species. So does that make sense? That's why. There's great fear that lines can get muddied, with impure genetics that are introduced from other species via hybridization. And then that species is gone forever because no longer the correct species. Koi fish. Hello. Oh, we have two minutes. This might be the last one. If you can create a South American biotope, what would you stock in a 40 gallon tank? Thanks. Okay. Just off the top of my head, I would go Uruguay, which I know is a weird choice, but that's because my favorite Tetra ever is from Uruguay. It's Caracidium Racovii or Racovii, I'm not quite sure how to say it, but let me show it to you. This fish. Now the images don't look great usually, but it is one of the hummingbird or darter tetra species and they look fantastic. They get bright orange fins, which is anyone showing them It's hard to find a picture of them. (laughs) I mean, you can kind of see the orange there on the dorsal and the anal um, and pectoral fin over here. This I like because it shows how they perch. They perch on the tips of their fins like little like little darters, right? And their activity is super unique. This shows a tiny bit of orange, but we're not seeing their true colors. Um, I've had them before. And I've had them color up, and they're fantastic. They're hard to get. So I would get those. And then with them, what I do with them? I'd probably do some kind of catfish from Uruguay. Um, and um, I'd have to think on, on another species. I'd want another species kind of for the surface and midwater. Probably some kind of uh, pencil fish type is what I would do in that case. Yeah, so that, that's my thought. I know it's a weird choice, but it's just because I love Characidium Racovi or raccovii, I never know. Um, they're probably both wrong. <laughs> Again, you can't hide stupid. Um, I love that fish so much that I build it around that fish. All right, we are out of time, so we're going to do the final giveaway for the night, which is one of these. These are from Mystery Snail Guardians. This is their snail kit um, in conjunction with Crayfish Empire. All kinds of goodness for your snails and lots of it. Like this will last a few snails a long, long time. Um, and if you're interested in snails and want to join a snail community, here's one MysterySnailGuardians.com. Um, I don't do a lot with snails, so. I don't know if they're amazing or awful, but I'm, I'm going to guess that they're absolutely amazing. You tell me. Join up and then let me know. <laughs> but I, I can't say. I've been a member for a year and it's the best thing ever because I just I don't do a lot with snails. But they're here if you want to join a uh, a snail community. And the winner is Driel. Or is it Dry? D-R-I-E space L. You have won some snail goodness some goodies for your snails so you have about two minutes to chime in let us know that you're here because you do have to be present to win while we're waiting for you to chime in i guess we'll take one more sorry mods we're gonna go just a couple minutes long um while we're here though is is punchy paints going next i'm a little out of touch i I admit um but i'm not going next oh no punchy paints okay sorry punchy i was trying to shill for you All right, so I imagine Punchy Paints will be live on Saturday instead. Just a guess. All right, let's see. Here we go. I think we got a response. There it is. Dree, is it Dree Dry? Dr. I-E-L. <laughs> I don't know. Driel, L, you have responded. So you have won. Congratulations. Just send me a uh, an email dan at dancefudge.com. I'll forward that to uh mystery snail guardians and you guys can arrange for shipment so thank you so much for playing congrats on winning as we as we sign out here i just want to thank my moderators for doing what they do and seriously be good to the mods or like we ban easy here we don't like drama we don't want to make the mods job difficult want to make this fun for them so if you're making it difficult for them or unfun you're out they're volunteers. They deserve respect. And uh, I can't afford to have my volunteers not volunteer because you're making their lives miserable. So that's that's how we do it here. Anyway, mods, I appreciate what you do. I've got your back. Um, everyone leaving super chats, $142.49 of cash fell out of the computer. Well, <laughs> I mean, YouTube's going to take their cut, but less than $142.59 fell out of the computer onto our laps tonight. Thank you so much. Super helpful. It does make the wife super happy. Um, Everyone that left a question or comment, thanks for being active and participating. Hail the Lurker Nation. If you're lurking, I usually am lurking as well. I'm in chats and live streams all the time and people never know it just because I'm up to my armpits in water, you know, messing with tanks. Anyway, if you're listening to the podcast like why (laughs) is the podcast any good? I hope it's good. I hope you're enjoying it anyway. Um, and if you're watching the replay, glad you could be here, even if it's, you know, in after the fact, um, that was a lot of like signing off. So let's just do it. I'll be back next, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel until then have a good one, everyone. And bye-bye.